you know, whether it's connection to ourselves, connection to society and culture around us, uh, connection to the creation um, mm. and our environment, we're all connected and in relationship. And I think when we don't see ourselves as connected, that's when we start to run into problems. Welcome to the GBC Big Three Podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions from our Sunday sermon raised by our PM congregation. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and joining us again as co-host today is Mark Coleman. Mark, you actually weren't around on Sunday. Where have you been all my life? I know, it's terrible, isn't it? Here I am, going to speak on a podcast, and I wasn't even there. But I have listened, and I have uh, done a bit of research. But we were away, Nicolee and I were away, speaking at another church's uh, church camp. It was a great time um, and a real privilege, so really thankful for the opportunity to go and speak there. Well, I'm stoked to have you back. And finally, we had someone different preaching this Sunday, none other than the delightful Jodine Watling. Jodes, you did the hat trick on Sunday, three sermons in one day. How are you feeling after it all? A little emotional. <laughs> I'm triggered. I'm triggered. <laughs> I, I always, um, I guess I always feel, because um, you've had an exchange, a conversation with, you know, around 400 people in a, a space of a couple of hours. It takes a lot of energy and emotion out of you because you spent time preparing, uh, delivering, and then you kind of feel it afterwards. So I was a little teary, um, but that's always a nice energy release on a Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you smashed it. This week, Jodine spoke on our new value of being big-hearted as part of our series called The Crux of Community. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But today, as always, we'll be looking at the three big questions submitted through Slido at our evening service. So let's get into the big three. Now, Jodine, you talked a lot about how our generosity unfolds relationally, Mm. um, how we can be big-hearted to people, both strangers and friends. And I think that this is so important because if our generosity can't start in our relationships, then really, are we going to do it elsewhere? Mm. Um, But I guess, you know, this is where our first question comes out of. What does it look like to be big-hearted towards our enemies? And at what point do we draw a line to protect ourselves? Mm, It's such a good question. And I think this is something that, you know, crossed my mind uh, while I was preparing. uh, And I started off with a lot of the smaller things that you could do that you put it into practice. But, of course, included that story about the Abdallah family who – I have had to forgive Mm. someone who through accident and maybe, you know, some bad decisions, um, they lost three of their children. So Mm. (laughs) I don't know how you could get any more enemy than that. Uh, And obviously that's a process. But, you know, what does it look like? I think it looks like hard work. Mm. There's no way around it. Mm. Uh, And it's not to minimise the question, but I think it's difficult to kind of give a blanket answer for every conceivable situation because were they planning to have their children run down? No. What do you do with that? So it depends on your circumstances and um, I guess the people that are involved, like how you cope with that. And I think one of the uh, practices that we can learn is putting boundaries in place for ourselves. So we're clear on where a line has to be drawn and that takes practice. I think these situations are our biggest teachers and it takes time to learn what that looks like for each of us. You don't come into this world knowing how to do that. You've just got to learn 
through life uh, and through having situations. You know, you have your run-ins in the playground, you get bullied, maybe you bully someone. You know, it's it's just constant exchange of human emotion and uh, I think we have to learn how to deal with it as we go through life. Yeah. Mark, how do you see this playing out in your life? I think uh, one of the areas I've been thinking about a lot recently in terms of uh, being big-hearted and I guess generous towards enemies and I guess uh, the definition of our enemies is ever shifting but but it's actually like in the social media space and people you kind of disagree with and uh, people who have points of opinion that are different um, actually like I think generosity for a lot of us can start with how we listen and, mm. and it's very easy to jump in and and have an answer and and miss the kind of heart of someone's uh, I don't know difference or or their stance against us as Christians or you as a human and actually that that generosity and listening taking time to listen to people uh, and actually find out okay what's at the heart of that and what is actually what is your complaint is a really important first step for generosity I think and yeah I like I, I a bunch of different thoughts on the the line for protection but perhaps we can chat about them in a bit yeah I think man what you just talked about uh, about creating space for that discussion. I think sometimes when we think enemy, we put people that we disagree with in that mm. category. I actually don't think so that that's a helpful, mm. helpful correlation. Mm. People who we disagree with are not our enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that there's actually a huge space to be generous and big hearted in the conversation and the dialogue between us and someone that doesn't agree with us. You know, we need to be servant, we need to be students, sorry, mm. um, and we need to be willing to learn. We need to kind of try to wrap our heads around uh, what are your experiences? What has brought you to this place? What ideas do you have? What lessons have you learned? Help me understand your story because we may still disagree at the end of this conversation, but we've shared something together. And I think that's big heartedness. Yeah. And I think you learn when you listen that maybe that person wasn't your enemy. Mm, yeah, Absolutely. I think um, the other thing I was just thinking about in terms of the um, the lines of protection and, and where do you kind of get to that space of going, okay, actually, I, you know, I need to draw a line and, um, and I do need to consider the impact this is having on me or those that are close to me. Yeah, and I, for me, that comes down to managing risk and just um, assessing a situation and kind of, you know, sometimes God invites us to step out in, in mm-hmm. risk or trust yeah. or faith, whatever that space looks like. But I think also God is like, he's not inviting us all the time to put ourselves in the places of danger. And I think, um, you know, kind of assessing that being a little bit common sense about some of those things is, is, uh, is a helpful way of going, okay, like I can show my love for an enemy whatever that situation might look like but that doesn't mean I have to um, sort of put myself in the place of danger Um, you can kind of be loving and gracious in the way that you refuse an interaction and all of those different types of things. One interesting thing I heard about there's a phrase called a word called differentiated and one some author was saying that Jesus is one of the most differentiated people in our history because what he is he's principled but he's still connected to people mm-hmm. so often he will do the right thing at the right time which is wisdom um, but it didn't mean 
disconnecting with it. Even though they may have had responses with him, I guess his hand to some degree was still out and open. Um, so it's just really interesting seeing how he operates. Um, very clear boundaries, knows when to put a line in the sand literally yeah. uh, and either go towards or move away from people. Mm. I think it's fair enough to say that this isn't an easy thing to do, being big-hearted costs, and we need to try and start figuring that out and in I our think, lives. I think that's why it's important to do the little stuff when it doesn't matter, like mm. the smiling yeah. uh, and getting rejected from people and that, because when you start to practice that, that helps you when you get into the bigger situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're moving on, Jodine, you spoke about how particularly in Australian culture, we're very, well, we're not very generous to each other. We can be, <laughs> we can be antagonistic. We can be sarcastic. We love our tall poppy syndrome. Mm. We rough each other up. Like we can be pretty <laughs> brutal at times mm. when you think about it. Um, but that this idea of being big hearted is an opportunity for us as the church, both here at GBC, but big church as well, um, to be, I guess, facilitators of that countercultural change in mm. this area of being generous. Mm. And in one of your messages, you actually used this imagery of being in a pool. And, yes. you know, I mean, every kid in Australia has done this. Uh, it was my favourite thing. You all go around in one direction in the pool and it creates a whirlpool and creates momentum and then you don't have to really swim anymore. It drags you along. You try and go the opposite direction. It doesn't work. You slip, you drown, you do all sorts of things. It was like <laughs> it was childhood. It was the best Best thing. day ever. <laughs> oh, and I loved that imagery. Um, and I guess that leads us to our second question. How do we create momentum for change? within our society where we don't necessarily have a majority. Mm. I don't think majority has ever caused the change. Uh, it's mm. often more the minority that are on the fringes that create momentum and bring about a new way of thinking and living. I mean, you think about people such as Jesus, uh, the disciples, Martin Luther King or Mother Teresa, huge uh, figures in history, and they started in relative of obscurity. And it was often that their behaviour, uh, their ways and their words were in stark contrast attrast to the massive, passive majority. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what made their words so powerful. Uh, there's a quote from Alice Walker, who's an American writer, and she's a social justice activist. And she said, uh, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. So I think when we recognize that um, we have power, that's when we gain momentum. Uh, but often the hardest part is not convincing other people. It's convincing and committing ourselves first to that change. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love that quote because really momentum has to start somewhere, right? And it starts small and then it builds Absolutely. and it builds and it builds. But I think we do, we take ourselves out of the game a little bit too early because we just see – I don't know, the wall, the barrier, whatever it is, the the group that are against us or even that I don't love that language who disagree with us maybe. And so we, we tap out prematurely. Mark, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I love that, um, that idea that, you know, it, it kind of takes one voice. I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago that, that talked about how when we, we hear of these figures in history that have done extraordinary things, we're actually engaging in a sort of protectionism 
when we just put those people on a pedestal and、mm. we single them out as superhuman、mm. because actually they're just real individuals who said actually I'm not happy with this I am discontent and I'm going to take a stand against it so I love I love that idea that's the kind of Often the only difference between us and even like biblical heroes that、mm. we read about,、um, and and I think when we start to think that way, we can sense and hear God's invitation more clearly through、uh, characters that we read about in the in the context of Scripture or those that have、uh, been throughout history that have have kind of invited change as well. I think the the other thing I was thinking about in terms of change is、uh, just that idea of of seeds of change and and that. Kind of change or momentum for change has has got a number of stages to it, and and sometimes you know actually the first step of that is bringing awareness and being people who who speak up. And often you know you can think, well, okay, I don't have the resources or funds to start a big program that that actually causes global change,、mm. but but if you're someone who is going, okay, well, I'm actually willing to speak out about it though to to kind of help speak about. Uh, the problem and to raise awareness of that, and、yeah. you know, we have all the tools of you know any society in history to kind of get a voice out there. Like、mm. you know, you go back thousands of years, there was no social media, there was no platform no for kind、podcasts. of getting, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no platform for getting your voice out to the masses. But yet, you can do quite a lot with not very much money and、yeah. not and not a great deal of resource. But again, I guess to take us back to what we were discussing in question one, there's a way in which we do that. Yeah, when we've got to be, you know, we do have so many more forums to start that conversation and to to speak out, and that's that is exciting. But you know, in the words of Spider Man, like I don't think Spider Man said it, but with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. You know, I was actually it? researched. I actually researched that quote because I used that in a sermon once, and、uh, and. Like someone attributes that to George Orwell's Animal Farm, that with great power comes great responsibility. But really, in its form, it actually was first used in Spider-Man. Who knew? Well, it's Marvel. A, it is true though, because we do have an opportunity to open up that this conversation, not just about being big-hearted, but about so many things. But we need to do it in a way that creates that. Security that that vulnerability that safeness that ultimately generosity establishes. I think, and I think that's why it starts in the little things. Because、mm. when you're faithful in the little and the least, you'll be faithful in much.、Mm. Yeah, and that's what I loved about、um, that thing that you did on Sunday, Jodes. If you weren't there, Jodine made everyone smile and smile to the people next to them, <laughs> and it was crazy how it changed the vibe in the room. Something、mm. so simple little and, and benign. Yeah, yeah, yep. and. But it really it hit home for me that man like the small can build momentum. By the end of it, everyone was laughing. Everyone had these personal jokes of the awkward smiles that they did to one another. It was great. I loved it. We can create change. All right. Well, rounding off our big three. Jodine, obviously, a lot of your message focused around being generous relationally.、Um, it, your sermon was very relationally driven, driven, and I thought that that was fantastic and a perfect place for us to start with being big-hearted. But I guess that leads us to our third and final question: Are relationships the only space in which we can be big-hearted? Are there any other spiritual practices that can help us be more generous? I don't know anything that's apart from relationship. Like I think that's 
the challenge, I think, um, you know, whether it's connection to ourselves, connection to society and culture around us, uh, connection to the creation um, mm. and our environment, we're all connected and in relationship. And I think when we don't see ourselves as connected, that's when we start to run into problems. So say, for example, just going to the shops, you know, we go down there and we're like, oh, I bought this stuff. It's so cheap, so cheap. And whenever I hear that phrase now, I think, who paid the price? Mm. Who paid the price? Because we love cheap stuff, but we have 40 million people in slavery. Mm. Uh, and we are connected through a, a complex web of global, political, economical um, kind of uh, transactions that allow us to move goods and, and products and services around. Yeah. But it's always at someone's expense. And I think when we don't enter into that relationship and go, wow, my purchasing power, what I just bought that I thought was cheap – did I have any heart and thought and mindfulness mm. about how that impacted somewhere across the world? And I think that's why we bang on about the ethical fashion guide and thinking ethically and being um, uh, faithful consumers uh, because it matters. Everything matters. I mean, I think the question is find me, find me something that doesn't have relationship. Yeah, wow. Spirit, life, life is spiritual practice. Yeah, I love that. And to tell you the truth, that's not where I thought – you were going to go, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, how we use our time, how we use our resources, how we use our money, like they're the spiritual practices, but you're absolutely right. Everything stems from like, we have a relationship with everything and maybe we don't acknowledge those relationships. What's our relationship like with the people on the other side of the world who we are now connected with based on what we absolutely purchase? That's yeah. yeah that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I have to say, you know, that, often comes, I guess, from a more Indigenous perspective. Mm. They see the creation as a, a human, a, a being, and so when they treat it as such, um, I think your practices result in a different kind of mindset. Yeah, wow. Mark, do you have any reflections? Uh, yeah, and, and, and I think not to contradict what Jodes has said, that that absolutely, that's seeing things through a lens of a relational uh, connection, I think is really, is really important. They, that really informs our personal and individual spiritual practices and i think you know it, it then extends into as you you've touched on matt the how we use our money and our mm. consideration mm. in that space and and you know kind of thinking of the impacts of that and how we use our time that's our kind of another resource but i think for me how it i think a spiritual practice that encourages generosity is simply taking the time to pray for other people mm. and again it connects with that relational element you know you're, you're not just praying for abstract things but you're praying for humans who've yeah. got yeah. a story and a situation and a context and often if you're praying for them it's a tough one and but but i think that discipline that that exercise yeah. of of taking time to pray for situations that are beyond ourselves help move our minds beyond us mm. and kind of stopping at the front door of our own problems and help us to have empathy and engage with other people and and not put ourselves in other shoes necessarily but to try and connect and try and relate and ultimately to trust and believe that God who is beyond us is able to do more than we can ask or imagine in the lives of someone else mm. and that we have a part to play in that um we have to be generous with our time in, in praying for those situations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can belittle, I guess, the the generosity 
that is actually involved in praying for someone. I think, you know, it's a bit of a classic like, hey, I'll pray for you and then, <laughs> oh, sorry, forgot this week, <laughs> yeah. maybe next time. Yeah. But, no, you're absolutely right. Like to be intentional and go, no, I've I've committed to praying for that person mm. and I'm going to spend this time, I'm going to create that margin, I'm going to be generous with my time to pray in that space because I've said so. I think that is incredibly big-hearted. And and absolutely, I, I love what you, you've come back to is that idea of, being on purpose, having margin means mm. that actually in that space, like if you feel particularly in those situations compelled to pray for someone, like do it now mm. and have margin enough in your life that you can go, I'm going to pray for you now. I'm going to take five, ten minutes over that right now in this context because I'm not so hurried. I have to be at the next thing uh, at this particular time. And, and obviously there are going to be exceptions to that rule, but but actually living with that as an intentional part of our lives, having space and time for people to pray, that's a beautiful way to become more big-hearted. Mm. I think um, you raised on purpose, and that was obviously what we looked at last week, and how do you combine these two? How do you intersect big-hearted and being on purpose? And I think there's so many things that we can you know, um, do, respond to. What are the practices I should do? I guess one of those first things for us to do is maybe even take a stock take of our life. Like, okay, where is it a challenge for me to be generous? Because often I think our life yields clues as to maybe where our heart needs to be worked on. Yeah, uh, And that's why we often say, what's the next faithful step? You know, just take it one step at a time. It's not about trying to boil the ocean and change the world in a moment um, mm. because it never, you never will. It's small increments and uh, compounding uh, time, oh, sorry, compounding effort over time. Yeah. Um, so maybe what is your next generous step um, that you could do and sustain and see that happen over compounding uh, weeks, months over time, and that will grow generosity. Mm. And I think like we've talked about this stock take idea before, that kind of spiritual audit of ourselves. Yeah. That's come up in a number of the big three podcasts and in relation to this series. And I think that that is what an examination of our values does mm. is it forces you to reassess where it is you're coming from like what it is that drives you what is driving our, our practices and our actions and the way that we live and and when you start to reassess you know the nature in which you're doing those things you are forced to go oh, hang on like where do i not align with that where mm. am i not aligning with that as a person and and what needs to shift and what needs to change yeah absolutely I think it's becoming more and more obvious that these values as individual values have huge challenges for us, but then how they work together mm. is is a big challenge for us as a church. And I mean, massive opportunity for growth um, and development in our in our spiritual walk. Mm. Well, Mark, Jodine, thank you so much for joining us this week. Loved what you guys have shared today. If you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure you're there at our 6 p.m. service on Sundays and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.